welcome along. It's the gardening programme. It is the middle of March, hard to believe. We're on the 14th, Porik. Good morning to good you. Morning, dear. Good morning, listeners. I think it's nearly worth reading that uh, weather forecast out again. It's yeah, fantastic. Did, that, did that brighten your oh, morning? Dude, like just, ju- just, just a tad. <laughs> it's like poetry. But it's, it's promised great right through to next Sunday. Uh, I think what what people need to uh, remember is that the nights are very cold. It's very frosty. So be careful putting out any kind of tender plants. Don't be tempted to put out anything that might be uh, frost sensitive like bedding plants or softer plants uh, just yet. But it's certainly fantastic weather right through. We're going to get eight days now of really good gardening weather. And um, the frost at night time, if, if nothing else, it helps to dry up the soil because when you get frost, moisture evaporates. That's why you get so much moisture in your car, the frost in the morning. So it's taking moisture out of the ground. So it's going to help to dry up those lawns, to dry up the soil. It's going to leave the, the, the soil in great condition for planting. So it's, and good digging weather as it's well. Super. If, you had to, if, you, if that's something that you have to do. Absolutely. If you, were, if you were digging the veg garden or digging an area and even just to leave the soil exposed to the frost, leave it kind of roughly dug, the frost will help to break it down over the next uh, couple of nights and um, help to kill off some kind of weed seedlings and some bugs as well. So it's good to expose the soil to the, the, to the frost, definitely. But I thought... First of all, it's Mother's Day. Mother's it's Weekend, tomorrow, I should yes. say. Tomorrow. Yeah, it's a kind of a big weekend, I suppose, between Mother's Day tomorrow, St. Patrick's Day on Tuesday. Uh, for anybody who might have a day saved, they might take yeah. the holiday on the Monday Long as well weekend. and really knock value out of it. But yeah, it, there's a lot going on this weekend. Well, yeah, and certainly Mother's Day. And, it, and for us, it's a, a very busy time in the garden centre and, and in particular for flowering plants. And, you know, while, whilst a bouquet of flowers is for a moment, a living plant can last a lifetime so I, I brought in into studio some really nice plants that flower at this time of year every year yeah. so irrespective of what date Mother's Day might fall on these plants will actually bloom uh, not only this year but, but next year and every year after that and probably my favourite plant is this one the, the camellia um, the, this is the Japanese camellia um, I was telling you earlier that camellias when we your cup of tea is made from the Camellia sinensis in China and India. It was originally so really so tea leaves are are are, are from the Camellia family. Then come from they? the Camellia plant, Camellia sinensis. They collect the leaves, the young leaves, and, and the the young buds. The tips of the plant are harvested to produce originally the the China tea. And um, so, but this is this is the Japanese version. This is Camellia japonica, um, native to Japan. Uh, but it's a beautiful, they call it the winter rose and you can see why. You can why. see why, absolutely. Because the flowers are like a rose bloom but they start flowering in late January, early February and continue to bloom right through till about the end of April, the first week of May. Um, and you'll notice from this plant, this is a variety of camellia called Commander Mulroy. Yes. It's a lovely soft pink, nearly kind of a blush pink colour. Um, it's pink in bud and then opens. It gets whiter, it gets whiter as, it, as it goes. Oh yeah. I, I'm, I'm just looking at the, the actual label that's yeah. on the plant here and you know quite often, well not necessarily with plants, but sometimes you know you have the thing in reality and you have the image, you know, that one, it, and they're not always kind of, one doesn't always represent True. the other all that well. On this occasion, I think the actual reality is even better yeah, than, the the, than, the, better. than the image that's on the on the card with it. It really is a stunning plant. They're lovely. Um, and with the, do they yield a lot of flowers? They or, do. Yeah. That's the beauty of them. Camellias will generally grow. The First of all, they're an evergreen plant. They retain their foliage all year round. And the foliage is a lovely glossy green, very like a rhododendron mm. leaf, but even more glossier. Um, it generally, as a mature plant, it can produce up to two or 300 flowers on the one plant. But wow. the interesting thing is that they open over a two-month period. So you get, typically of this plant, you get pla- flowers that are fully in blood, that mm. are nearly going over, but loads of buds to follow. You can see oh, all the I buds see, yes, back there. here. Yeah. And they're going to open over the next... Uh, 
a couple of weeks and particularly on a mature plant you'll have it flowering literally from February through to the end of April well into May um, you know depending on the year and depending on the season so you're getting nearly three months of colour for convenience but they're a lovely uh, outdoor plant as a gift for Mother's Day because they flower at this time of year every year and they come in a whole range of different varieties that that one is Commander Mulroy mm. the other one I like is this red variety this is uh, Elizabeth Hawkins which is a double red uh, again very nice in bud the flowers open um, fully red uh, when, they're, when, they're, when they're fully open it's quite a good one or this one called Blush which is a really nice one, which that's, is, oh, that's isn't that lovely? Pretty, yeah. It's like the ice cream, isn't it? That it raspberry is, ripple yes, ice it, cream. So it's, it's quite, it's, uh, inner leaves are kind of white, but then there's on the outer part of the leaf, it's gorgeous. It's it sort of dusky salmon pink. It's it really is, yeah. Pretty. So that, again, all of these varieties, they're available at the moment. This is the time to plant them. You can grow them in containers, if you wish, say on a patio mm. or outside a hall door. You can plant them into the garden soil as well. Um, and it's going to make a shrub in time, anything up to six or seven feet in the right location. You can keep it smaller, if you wish, mm. by pruning it's not overly vigorous um, but it, it's just a nice plant at this time of year for a splash of colour for a splash of colour another outdoor plant that's fooled into thinking it's July are the uh, summer flowering hydrangeas so this is a, the ordinary hydrangea plant yep. but it's fooled into thinking see it's in full flower at the moment it is indeed so that plant actually thinks it's summertime I think it's, it's in the middle of July and it's tricked into flowering at this time of year by by giving it artificial light in the greenhouse and um so that plant again is lovely at the moment but couldn't be put out of doors until all risk of frost has passed right. so that's one of the plants that you might be tempted to stick outside at the moment but if the heavy frost at night time would damage it so that's the hydrangea it's flowering or it's the indoor hydrangea really at this time of year it could be planted out of doors once we get into the first week of May okay and how does it survive then for the, for after you know for the following on year perfect shall we say? It, yeah. It, yeah it's it, absolutely 100% it, right. it's fine out of doors once once it gets a season under its belt so I would leave it indoors keep it well watered it is a plant that takes copious amounts of water inside so you nearly stand it in water this time of year plant it out of doors then about the first week of May and it will come into flower then the following summer for you as a normal hydrangea plant and you treat it as a normal hydrangea so it's just fooled into thinking the other plant that, that I like is the phalaenopsis or the orchid plants yeah that's and this, again fantastic very different pink but really vibrant pinky purple colour on this one yeah so it's an indoor plant and the common name for this is the moth orchid which which probably is, um, it's not the best named. Well, I suppose is, is it the shape of it's the, the shape actual of the flower? Of the flower yeah, because yeah. they are, you know, it's like two butterfly wings. That's really. exactly. Yeah. That's or, exactly. Or moths, but moth. more butterfly than moth, more I butterfly. Think. I would yeah. agree with you. Yeah. And so it resembles a moth or a butterfly in flight. The flower, uh, loads of flowers on the plant, lots of buds yet to come. It is indoor, yeah. but the, it's phalaenopsis or, or the moth or orchid. It's one of the easier indoor plants to grow. You'd water it maybe once every fortnight, give it a little bit of orchid uh, feed, repot it every two years. It'll tolerate shade. Uh, and it doesn't make a terribly big plant. It'll grow about two feet, 18 inches to two feet in so height. It's, it's very manageable. Yeah, it's a nice, tidy plant, really. Yeah. And another one for indoor is this one called the peace lily, which is very good for shade. So if you have a shaded part of, say, in a sitting room where there's not a lot yeah. of natural light, or maybe in an office location where, the, where, where, again, the light levels are quite low, or here in the studio, this plant would actually be quite a good choice. It produces white, white flowers, um, kind of spade-like flowers. They open to a kind of a... There's one of the blooms yeah, fully... I, uh, oh, yeah, over here. Yeah. See it over here? Yes. So it's just beginning to open here. So it's got that kind of um, flash uh, open... Uh, flower with a little central spike but loads of flowers off this plant the peace lily big broad dark green leaves 
that contrasts lovely with the white flowers. So again, it's an easy, very, very easy to grow indoor plant, um, suitable for shaded area. You'd water it again about once a fortnight, liquid feed it during the summer. It's one of those kind of no-nonsense, easy-to-grow plants. Okay, I, I've had, I know, I know I've had one or two of those. <laughs> <laughs> but I now know where I went wrong. It, you so overwatered them, okay, Well, I don't know about the overwatering, but uh, like if they're in a very sunny location, is that... Yeah, the, it's sunny, if it's too bright a location, the leaves tend to go yellow. Yeah. They lose their colour. And generally speaking with indoor plants, most people tend to overwater. Oh, You're yeah. always better to keep them slightly on the dry side. Okay. And also, particularly with the frost at night time, to use tepid water. Mix a little bit of hot and cold water together oh. because giving the giving the plants naturally a dash of cold water after a frosty night... No, is, more, no more than <laughs> if you gave it to yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so they're the sort of Mother's Day. Look, at there's lots of plants available at the moment, but... Maybe consider a living plant because it is, or maybe a nice ornamental tree, or some herbs. You know, maybe a nice herb planter if you're, if um, your your mom is into cooking. Herbs can be planted at this time of year, and again, it's something that's useful for the rest of the summer. Something yeah. they'll remember you by all summer long. Now, you were going to give us, as you said, the, the week is is good, and you were going to advise people to get a pen and paper, perhaps because you have a list of tasks for us. Well, that's it. I thought today we might just spend a bit of time on the sort of jobs that people need to catch up with because they, the, the weather has been quite inclement the last, I suppose, four or five weeks. It's been very mixed to a lot of wet weather, and for many people, they haven't even mowed the grass just yet. So they're kind of a list of things that you could be considering over this coming week um, to, 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 to do in the garden. If you go onto my blog, horkins.ie, you get a full list of things to do for the rest of March. Um, so that's that's the uh, blog, horkins.ie. Mm-hmm. On the front page, we've got the tab blog, and just click onto that. There's a full list there. But the sort of things I would be focusing on, certainly in terms of lawn care, if you haven't mowed your grass, well, look, get out this weekend and get it trimmed. Don't worry about the frost at night time. That won't damage it in any way whatsoever. If you have cut your lawn in the last couple of days, then now is the time to put on a feed and I'd advise using the Osmo moss remover really just to eliminate any moss that's there but that contains a full feed as well and it'll green the lawn up within 7 to 10 days I did my own lawn last Saturday and already it's actually it's, due for mowing really? again yeah right. and, and you can see the fertility you can see the bit of warm weather how the fertilizer is working really well yeah. um, so put on that the Osmo moss remover would be good to get on now if there are any big bits of weed starting certainly you could treat those about a week after feeding the lawn so if there's bits of clover or um, any sort of broadleaf weeds daisies coming into the lawn they could be treated um, say in a week's time after feeding it's also time for vegetable plants so plants like um, lettuce all the lettuce varieties the oak leaf lettuce little gem which is a lovely small uh, uh, heading lettuce which is really good for salads there's a lovely new cabbage that I, I came across last year yeah. it's a variety called Dutchie and it's a very, very sweet variety, uh, very fast-growing, pointed cabbage. You can plant the plants av- are available at the moment for planting. They're f- fully frost-hardy, so you can plant them out of doors today. The frost won't affect them at night time. And within six to seven weeks, it'll be ready for cutting. But it's, it's quite a sweet flavour. You can also, it's suitable for cutting as green, so you can cut it when it's when it doesn't form the hedge right. as kind of a small immature head when it's about four weeks or five weeks old. So if you plant, say, a dozen plants, you can start, start harvesting some of them within as little as four weeks or five weeks and l- allow the others to grow on a little bit to form a head. So it's one of those varieties that's suitable for cutting as a um, as, as a young head. So it's called? It's called Dutchy. 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 It's an F1 variety. You can sow it from seed as well at this time of year. Um, it's available in the Thompson and Morgan range, but it is available as plants as well. Right. And others like cauliflower available at the moment, 
I mentioned all the lettuce varieties, round cabbages available for planting, red leaf lettuce, things like onion sets, garlic, shallots, they can all be planted out of doors at this time of year without any problem whatsoever. So vegetable plants and herbs, they can all of those are frost hardy and, and you know, any of the traditional herbs can be planted out now. Sweet pea, mm-hmm. now is the time if you want some nice scented flowers for June, July, August, September, um, something for cutting. Plant sweet pea plants at this time of year. So I mentioned a couple of weeks back about sowing the seed. If you have sown the seed and it's sitting on your windowsill, now is the time to put it out of doors. Sweet pea is a hardy annual which means the frost won't affect it. So so your plant should be about six to eight inches high. And the first tip before you do anything else is to take off the, the end shoots, tip them back, pinch back the shoots before planting out. But sweet peas should be spaced about two inches apart. Put them in a single row, put some trellis or, or wire um, behind them and they'll scramble up through that. Yes. Pinch them an odd time during the growing season as well because the more you get them to produce side branches the more flowers you get and the trick with sweet pea then is when they come into flower in June is to trim them on a regular cut the flowers on a regular basis even immature flowers that haven't fully open bring them indoors let them open in a vase and they'll continue to flower till October so continually harvesting the flowers off sweet pea increases the increases the yield it it does indeed and it keeps them flowering right to the, the end of the season but they're certainly ready for planting out now rhubarb if you want to plant rhubarb, now is the time to get it into the ground. It needs plenty of organic matter, so plenty of farm manure, mushroom compost or good garden compost added to the soil when mm-hmm. planting. Don't harvest it in its first year, so allow it to grow on and pick it this time next year. Um, hedging, we mentioned that last week, that you know the suitability of planting hedging. So things like beech, laurel, we're, we're still in the bare root season, which is the time of year that the plants are lifted in the nursery, out of the field. They're cheap to buy. It's a great weather for planting hedging plants so particularly for beech, laurel golden privet, green privet um, beirut, boxwood, all of those beirut plants, my advice is really if you're thinking of putting a hedge in over the next 8 to 10 days, get it in get now it the soil conditions are going to be absolutely perfect St. Patrick's weekend is always renowned for the time of year for planting potatoes, potatoes exactly and so it's, it's that time of year and particularly with the weather being so favourable um, you can plant it, particularly if them sprouted early so if you've Put your spuds indoors in a bright location, say in February, Mm. and have them sprouting. Now is the time to plant them out into the garden soil. So over the next seven or eight days, think about digging digging the area, digging the drills and putting the potatoes in. The frost at night time, again, will have no effect on the tubers once planted because they're going to be 8 to 12 inches beneath the soil. So they're 100% protected. But you need to be getting them in now, particularly the early varieties. Or indeed just growing a few early varieties, say in a pot or container or in a potato bag or in a raised bed. Get them out now into the garden soil um, because the soil conditions are just ideal. Again, put in some... Uh, fertilizer with them that'll be important something like Vitex Q4 or Supergrow fertilizer right. just to give them a boost and I think I mentioned a few of the, my favourite varieties particularly early varieties like Orlin Collin should be sprouted now Satant is, is a great variety particularly if blight is a problem in your garden or you don't want to spray the potatoes with, with blight protection go look for that one Red Duke of York is also excellent um, and for salads uh, a really good variety called Foremost or pink apple fur I mentioned like last week as well. So really, it's time to get the spuds in the ground and veg in general to get them out into into the ground. Plants like tomatoes, cucumbers, courgettes, melons, any of those still need protection. So they yeah. still need to be kept in the greenhouse, covered with fleece, 
or put on some heat at night time or keep them indoors on your windowsill in the home until the fear of frost has passed because frost will still per- penetrate a greenhouse or a tunnel. Right. So any tender plants, geraniums, begonias, anything that, that frost might damage, make sure that they're protected um, and you do need to either cover them with a couple of layers of fleece at night time in the greenhouse or put some a little heat on just to keep the temperatures up. Certainly for this week while the, the frost is so... Um, uh, prevalent yeah, and, there, it's, yeah. and it's heavy the frost mm. is quite heavy it's kind of minus two at the it moment it was minus three this morning when I got well, up well there you go yeah, so, yeah, so quite, that, quite that will penetrate but certainly anything that I've mentioned before this you can certainly get into the ground and really just planting colour we're coming into St. Patrick's weekend coming into Easter very quickly and if you want to add a kind of a bit of sp- spring colour to the garden or, or to pots and containers. Think of the spring pansies which are just coming into flower at the moment the lovely violas which are a small headed uh, pansy. Like a pansy the flower is very similar but they're about half the size but you get tons of flowers from them and they tend to flower all summer long. Primulas are in flower at the moment. There'll be primroses. Nice plant which has double flowers is a plant called ranunculus and that's in bloom at the moment. It's got big heads of flower, fully double really attractive plant in colours of yellows, whites, pinks, ranunculus. It only grows about eight inches high. Mm-hmm. Lovely in a pot if you want a bit of colour. Totally frost hardy so they can be left outside say in a pot or container if you just want to add a bit of colour yeah. around the house. Then ranunculus is a really good one. So things like the spring pansies, the violas, the primulas, ranunculus. Um, some of the alpines too are just beginning to flower like the uh, obricias and arabus. And things like the bachelor's buttons, the double daisies and heathers, scented hyacinths are all in bloom at the moment, the little dwarf daffodils. They're available in garden centres just to get that bit of Easter colour. So they're the sort of things I would do. Um, And really, you know, that's... Is that enough? Well, that's I, I think that, that'll keep us going for they're the sort a couple of, jobs. of days at the very yeah. least. Yeah. Also keep an eye on the weeds are, are going to start coming to the fore now with the good weather. So if you have kind of weeds starting in the in the veg garden or in through your shrub beds, keep an eye on those and, and take action over the next couple of days with the garden hoe. Right. Garden hoe, half an hour hoeing, scuffling up those young weeds, will they'll die right. that night with a heavy frost and you'll just get a head start rather than allowing it to be a problem later on in the in the summer. So they're the sort of things I would be doing, really kind of getting control of the garden, getting batting in, pruning, of course, if you want to prune back your hydrangeas, that could be done now. I know we had a question in earlier yeah, on. Yeah, we did. Somebody, and we, we, we might just come to that question after the break. Yeah, that's no problem. Or things like dogwoods, the, the, the winter dogwoods, which are lovely all winter, they need to be pruned back now. So any of the kind of summer flowering shrubs, roses, blackcurrants, those sort of plants should be cut back at this time of year. Apples, pears, can be pruned. So this kind of good weather, they're the sort of jobs, tidying up, pruning back, feeding plants, feeding the lawn th- those sort of jobs are things to be focusing, to be focusing on, on and, you'll yeah. be, and you'll be really glad that you and did in a couple of months time go on to the website horkins.ie because I've probably forgotten a couple of things there's you know the, and you'll have the full list of seasonal jobs, jobs to do, to do. now okay. on the blog page let's take a quick break after all of that we have lots and lots of questions in already and uh, you can keep them coming to us 087 941 41 that's our text with thanks to C&C Cellular or call us on 0818 3055 you're very welcome back. Now, for a great selection of questions in altogether. As we mentioned, and uh, first off, um, we got a question in from Jerry on an email reg- regarding the hydrangea, and I think the one he's talking about is possibly a bit like the pot that you've brought in this morning. Mm. Um, oh, really? yeah. So it's time to prune the hydrangea, and or is it time to prune the hydrangea? The question: What's the best way to prune them? Uh, Jerry bought a mini hydrangea today in flower, and he's just wondering: Will he be able to repot it now and put it outside? Well, he can certainly repot it, but don't. Put it outside because for hydrangeas, the new growth and the flowers are frost sensitive. So if you if you've purchased one in the last say a week or ten days, that's really 
used as a gift or as an indoor plant and treated as such until yeah. the first week of May and then plant it out of doors. Now, certainly he could repot it if he wants and keep it indoors, but there's no real need to repot them. All I would do is keep them sitting in a saucer of water, okay. give them an occasional feed with something like liquid one, and then plant it out of doors the first week of May. But going back in terms of a general question about the pruning of hydrangeas, mm. this is the time of year to cut them back. And you simply take the old flower shoots and you'll, you'll notice the old wither flowers on the top of the branches follow them back to soil level and cut them right back. The other thing with hydrangeas is to feed them at this time of year. So give them a high potash feed. Something like colour boost would be very good. Uh, about two or three handfuls around the base of the hydrangea and that's really it. Prune them, feed them and leave them alone. Okay. Uh, Anne has been in contact. She's got a gold gold heart ivy yeah. um, and she'd like it to go up a wall and she's wondering what would be the best fertiliser to use? Um, we'll use a granulated feed. If it's an established ivy I would use something like, you could actually use the colour boost that I mentioned already for the hydrangea mm. um, or super grow would be very good as well. Um, the, the key thing really and now is the time really to feed all shrubs in general and climbers in general they've been very dormant all winter and gold heart can take on a kind of a yellowish or a um, a reddish colour during the winter um, when it stops growing so feeding it gets that lovely yellow and green new foliage kick started the other thing to do is as it's creeping up the wall is to pinch back some of the shoots prune back some of the top shoots because ivy has a, a tendency to go just straight up the wall and not spread out so as the new growth comes onto the plant just nip some of that back just take an inch or so off the new growth and that'll help to spread the ivy across the wall and get you a better and fuller effect great um, now, and it can be fed now now is the time really. Is the time. And, and in general shrubs trees hedging this is the time to be feeding them because they're going to come into growth very quickly with this sort of, with the sort of temperatures we're going to get in the next eight days. And it's going to take three to four days before that fertiliser is available to the plants before it works its way into the soil. So get it on over this weekend. Okay, so don't yeah. just wait until the temperatures are or, up to yeah, it in advance. Yeah. You so. start feeding, you know, from a, from the middle of March really and it may, maybe repeat it again around the middle of April, give them a second feed. Plants actively grow grow from the middle of March through till about the first week of June mm. and then they stop growing. So they tend to do a lot of their growth in the spring and early summer months um, when there's lots of moisture in the soil, warmer temperatures and then they slow down growing from, you know, most of the growth is actually done by the middle of June. Right. Trees and shrubs and hedging don't put on a huge amount of growth from June to, to the autumn. So this is really the key time to feed plants in general to encourage that burst of growth. And to make them good and good yeah, and healthy. A yeah. um, couple of questions regarding uh, the cutting back of Lelandii. Okay. Uh, when do we do it? How do we do it? Well, you, you can certainly cut Lelandii now. The, the, the key thing with them is to remember that you cannot prune them severely. You cannot cut them into old growth. Um, so certainly it's okay to take maybe a couple of feet off the top of the hedge to, to shorten it back. So say you've got a hedge 12 or 13 feet high, you could shorten it back to 9 or 10 feet. But be careful with the side shoots because if you prune them too severely into old wood they don't have the ability to regenerate and they won't break from old brown wood so you know be careful that you're cutting back into into fresh green material um, but you can certainly start trimming them now ideally the, the, the right time to prune Lelandia and most evergreen hedges is in the middle of the summer you can certainly trim them now to tidy them up and give them a bit of shape but if you prune them in the middle of June or early July you're tending to take a lot of the vigour out of the hedge which is what you want and they have enough time to put on a small bit of growth between summer and autumn to help protect them through the winter so I would trim them now feed them if you wish and then in the middle of summer give them a light trimming again 
Lovely. Um, somebody wondering about cutting back shrubs. Now, they just they don't tell us exactly what they are, but they say they're brown and sticky at the moment. Right, well... <laughs> I don't know, is that, is well, that very specific or very broad? Probably thing, very broad. The thing with pruning of shrubs, the, the shrubs that should be pruned at this time of year are things that flower from June to autumn. So we're thinking of plants like roses, hydrangeas, uh, fuchsia, mallow, the lavateria. So all the summer flowering bodleias, which produce the really long, the butterfly bush, which is a long flowering thing. So anything that flowers kind of mid-June to autumn, you prune in, at this time of year in March... Uh, because you want to stimulate lots of new growth. You feed them after pruning. So we always, when you prune, you feed at the same time. And you might repeat the feed, as I said, in April again. Mm. Uh, spring flowering plants like forsythiae, which is going to come into flower, which is just beginning to flower in my garden at the moment anyway, or camellias or red flowering, the red flowering currant, anything that flowers in the springtime, which is defined from January to June, you prune after flowering. So anything that's going to flower in the next couple of weeks, leave it alone. Okay, so that should have been done really kind of prior to Christmas. It's done Im- immediately after flowering. After so flowering. this camellia, for example, if I was mm. to prune that, I would wait until the first or second week of May. I'd prune it then, feed it, and the new growth it makes during the summer period, yeah. that's where the flower buds will be really for next year. Whereas if I prune it now, I'm actually removing a lot of the flower buds. Okay. It does kind of make sense when you stop and think about it. It does, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So don't go out and treat every shrub. shrub the same yeah. way. Figure out yeah. when they flower. When they flower. And that's the time to And use that to as your cue. Yeah. Um, how do we get rid of moss in a flower bed now? Somebody's wondering, can they use the lime or would that harm the flowers? Well, it can do. Like too much lime in the soil can... Yeah. And cer- cer- certain plants Depends are the flowers, lime. I suppose, too. Yeah, it can burn plants, but it also certain plants are sensitive to lime. What I would use is actually a product called green Green up, it's a granulated. It's very like salt. Uh, it's a it's a uh, green material. You simply mix it in water and just spray it onto the the moss affected area. So a small box will cost you a couple of euros. It's a thing called Green Up. Simply mix it in a bit of warm water to dissolve it. Spray it onto the moss, and that'll kill it within three or four days. No, Michael, or get the hole out. And get just the hole out and hold, just, hold the moss yeah. away. And then that'll get that'll, a, 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 yeah, a root Yeah, because yeah, there's very little roots on moss. It'll yeah. actually, if you scuffle it up and rake it off, okay. you know, that's, that's or else use the green up, whichever. Um, Michael is wondering if there's any spray you can get to get rid of briars. Well, pro- the, the, the first of all, it's too early to spray briars. By treating them now, it's not going to be effective. Um, if anything, what I would do is cut them back, give them a feed, encourage some new growth on the briars, and on that growth, then in late April, early May, apply a treatment called 360, weed-free 360. If you apply that to the new growth, you'll get a very good kill. Briars have come through the winter. The leaves are leathery. They're hardy. The sprays will not penetrate those older leaves now, and you're wasting your time uh, treating them. The other thing with briars is that they have a very shallow root, and with a good sharp spade, you will actually often just scuffle them out of the ground. They don't have a deep penetrating root like docks or mm. daisies or um, dandelions. It's a very surface root. It, it's, it scoots along the surface of the soil. So with a good sharp spade, you'll often get at the root and scuffle the briars out, which can be done at this time of year. Alternatively, just cut them back, let them regrow. And then when there's lots of new foliage, fresh foliage on them, treat them with the weed-free 360. If you've got briars growing up through a hedge, say, yeah. or up through a shrub that's difficult to get at and that you cannot spray, you could use the Roundup gel again in about three weeks' time. And you simply just put a plastic glove in your hand, a rubber glove in your hand, take the leaf of the briar, the new leaf of the briar, wipe it with the Roundup gel, and that brings the 
treatment down into the root okay. and helps to kill it off. But but generally you'll find the roots are very they're very surface rooting. They're very easy to actually Get extract out. from the soil and um it might be a hands and knees type of job, but, but, but it, it can be done and it can be done at this time of year or alternatively spray them with 360 in May. And if it is a hands and knees job, you'll have a sense of satisfaction. You sure will. <laughs> the weather's perfect for yeah. it. Now, want to plant up my summer baskets and pots and put them into the greenhouse and this listener is wondering when are plants ready? Well, the, the plug plants are available. I think I featured those a couple of weeks back. So yes. little baby plants of geraniums and... Um, all the, all the little fuchsias and uh, petunias and all of those kind of summer bedding plants in plug form are available. Trailing lobelia, for example, they're all available and you could certainly do up your baskets with those at this time of year. Remember that they need to be kept in the greenhouse yes. and the greenhouse will need some fleece or some heat at night time. Alternatively, keep them indoors somewhere um, until the risk of frost has passed. The more, the larger ba- um, basket plants, they're going to be available in probably two weeks time. So you could either wait for them or start off. The plug plants are, I suppose, an inexpensive way of, of yeah, actually growing. Yeah, and uh, we planted some, well, my mum planted some there uh, two weeks ago, and she was telling me that during the week, like, there, she can see them growing. Oh, you will. Within but, a couple of days. Yeah. And, yeah, so, but they're all inside. Well, that's where, yeah. and that's where to keep them, on a, on a bright warm <laughs> yeah. windowsill, because the house is nice and warm at night time, and you're still getting plenty of warm temperatures in through the in through the windowsill so geraniums will just jump particularly from the small plugs it's yeah. amazing how yeah, quickly she said she can really just yeah, in yeah. a couple of days she could see them you will yeah, yeah absolutely Okay, so they're, they're all available. The plug plants are available at the moment, but hang on another couple of weeks and the, the full plants. If you then, want the bigger yeah. the bigger trailing petunias and the bigger plants, they'll be available kind of in two weeks' time. Lovely. And you've plenty of time yet. Great. And they're available everywhere. Somebody is wondering, actually, then another listener, wondering if they're in stock uh, at the moment. They are in... They're in, in yeah, in Turlock and yeah. Galway. Yeah, yeah they're, they're in the stores at the moment. Now, camellia full of flowers and buds in a large pot and it's out on my patio. Should I be feeding it now and with what? When do I repot it? Well, if it needs repotting, wait until it finishes flowering uh, the first week of May. That's, again, a good time, as I mentioned earlier, to give it a light trimming back, if you wish. Um, remember that camellias like a lime-free soils. They're like an ericaceous soil, so make sure you repot it using that. And the feed I would be giving them is an ericaceous feed. You can get a um, grocer, do a very good liquid. Uh, it's sold in a pink bottle from memory, and that can be actually applied at this time of year. It'll help to green up the, the give the leaves a lovely green colour and help to bring the, the flower buds forward as well. The main time for feeding camellias is after flowering. It's no harm to give them a feed, a couple of feeds now, certainly, but the main time to feed them is from the first week of May okay. through the summer and build them up for the following year. Okay, I've rhubarb planted from last spring. When what to feed it with, and can I take some stems this summer? Yeah, if it's a year, if it's a year in the ground, um, you know, I was just looking at my own rhubarb. It's probably six or seven inches now. You know, with, probably by the end of this week, it's going to be ready for picking. So you could give um, rhubarb a bit of a boost with the color boost mm. fertilizer. Just simply sprinkle that around the base of it, um, and that'll just help on the growth. And certainly, if it's a year in the ground, you can take maybe six, maybe a dozen stems from from the plant over a period don't don't do it all don't rub everything off it but <laughs> but certainly a year on it should be it should be ready for picking okay listener has fed the garden birds all winter and they're wondering when to clean out the nesting boxes well it should be done now because the birds are going to start to nest very very shortly um so if you've got nesting boxes in in the garden certainly to clean them out now because um you're saving the birds 
that chore of having to empty the box of all the remnants of, of last year's nests. So clean them out this weekend if you can and, and leave them very much alone. It's actually a great time of year to put up new nesting boxes um, and continue to feed the birds because, um, you know, I suppose research has shown if you continue to feed them during the, the spring period, mm. the young do so much better. So continue to put out the, the, the peanuts and the um, and a variety of food if you can. The little balls. And the little niger seed is very good for... Um, for, for a lot of uh, ground feeding birds as well. Now, uh, we've got somebody purchased two packets of the easy flowers, the orange bag. Okay. Is it okay to sow these out of the soil now or do they start them indoors? They're not sure. And you would experience these. When well, did you that, sow them? La- this oh, prom- no, it was a bit later bit now, Borg, yeah, I'll be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. The bag was there for a while. Uh, but I did sow them out. I mean, I literally, what I did was I threw them a handful of it into the pot uh, and I said, we'll see what happens here. Yeah. And I got some beautiful flowers so out. In, so yeah. with the easy flowers is basically a mixture of, of hardy and annuals, um, compost and fertiliser. So any time from now on you can put them out of doors. They'll germinate around the 10 to 12 degrees and we're getting that mm. at this time of year. So if you have a, pair, a spare piece of soil, rake it off over the next couple of days. Um, maybe add a little bit of compost to the to the area and then put on the easy flower mix yeah. and literally just rake it in and leave it alone. Give it a watering, Give if, it a watering if, if we're not yeah. going to get rain for yeah. a couple of days and uh, you should see the young seedlings germinating within a two week period yeah. three week period. Um, so any time from now on really. So you know any time through March, early April you can sow the easy flower seeds because they'll flower up until September, October. Yeah, uh, the one thing I would say is don't uh, don't spray soil out too much. I probably didn't put enough of it in. I probably might have been a bit too uh, mean, shall we say? All right. Yeah. So oh, you d- give a good handful. You do because yeah. because you've, within that you've got the seed, the compost, and the fertilizer. Yeah. So it looks bulky in your hand. It does, but, but it's yeah. Act, yeah. So yeah, yeah. To, if you're looking for a, a yeah. real good splash, yeah. Or what I often what, what a good thing to do is even add a couple of extra packets of seed. So if you buy say the easy flowers, mm. but add, buy a few maybe calendulas or cornflower seeds. And and just add it to the mix, so that you've got that extra. You're just giving it an extra boost. Yeah, yeah you're giving an yeah. extra. Yeah. you know, particularly no. if there's particular plants that you like. Yeah, larkspur or cornflowers or those English marigolds are great, um, and they're cheap to buy. And just add a couple of extra packets in. Yeah, because I got some fabulous sunflowers in particular yeah. out of them. Um, but I probably, if I had a couple of uh, maybe an extra handful or two, it would have just exactly. given it the, exactly. the, the bigger boost and it would have been a little bit more spectacular. But uh, yeah, they're very easy to grow, let me tell you. Now, uh, one more question and a quick break. Um, Pork, would you recommend Cotoni Aster Francetii for very a fast good. growing hedge in exposed area? No coaching there. Or what hedge would you suggest? Okay, so this variety of Cotoni Aster, first of all, um, produces fantastic white flowers in the springtime, bunches then of red berries and it's a semi-evergreen variety of cotoneaster so it holds most of its foliage during the winter period. It's fast growing, um, loved by the birds particularly in the autumn time and it makes a good hedge, good solid hedge um, in open areas. The other one you could consider, particularly depending on the level of exposure and how open it is, but if it's anywhere coastal or uh, particularly exposed to wind, consider Iliagnus avengii, the silver-leafed Iliagnus, which is very good as well for open uh, exposed areas. And now is the time to put in both varieties. Lovely. Okay, we are going to take a quick break. We have more to come, though. Now you're very welcome back. Okay, Porik, uh, We I know we talked about Lalandiae already, but got a good, interesting question in about planting them. So a listener is thinking of setting them around the perimeter of a garden. They get terrible wind, they tell us. Uh, the post and rail fencing around the garden. So they're wondering how far out from the fence should they plant the Lalandiae? They don't want them to grow through the fence. 
Well, the first thing I would say is consider carefully about putting in Lelandia. Uh, take a drive, pleasure. take a drive, and have a look at at some of the Lelandia that were planted ten and fifteen years ago. The problem with them is, first of all, they're not suitable for exposed gardens. They they burn. They, they they're evergreen, so naturally enough, the the foliage tends to burn in exposed areas. But also the hedge, unless it's very well managed and very well trimmed, can get out of hand very quickly and grow very um, very vigorously. Mm. And I suppose that's the attraction. People think they're they're going to cover up very very fast and give them instant hedging, but long term they can be problematic. Just in terms of trying to maintain them, trying to trim them, but also the dislike ex- very high exposure. So I would reconsider the hedge um, and maybe consider something that would be a lot more wind tolerant and easier to manage. Now, I did mention the Iliagnus abengii um, or the Cotoneaster that we mentioned would yep. also be quite good. Um, but, you know, really maybe consider first before putting in Lelandii. Um, there were a choice certainly 20 years ago because there was very little else, but... Um, they don't they don't do well in exposed gardens and they do tend to get very tall and they can take over a little they bit. can they can and they can be problematic even even a, even regular pruning over 20 years ten you tend to get a lot of browning in them right. so i would i would be careful first of all maybe look at drop into the garden center look at the other uh, plants that are suitable yeah. for more exposed areas before considering to put them in now to answer the question if you are planting them if you do go down that road then i would keep them in a meter from the post and rail fence at least um, now even at that you're still going to have to trim them they will grow at a metre they'll still grow back through the post and rail after three or four years so you'll have to keep them trimmed on that side um, but I would seriously consider something else Okay, fair enough a beach hedge, seven foot high, three foot wide uh, John wonders can he take two foot off the top but can he do it now and will it knit back together Yes it will, no problem at all so it, there's no problem with beech. It, it's actually one of those trees that responds well to pruning so by all means cut it back um, and trim the sides as well Beech doesn't come into leaf until about the end of April, so give it a good feed now as well. Put on a bit of Grow More, a bit of Pro 6 actually would be very good. A bag will cover about 50 beech trees mm. um, and get that on now and that'll be working its way in. Um, but by all means, cut it back. <clears throat> now, Eileen is wondering, would you have a suggestion for a good plant for a grave for Mother's Day? Well, why not go for, um, you know, planting something long-term on the grave is is probably not the best idea because plants just tend to get too big in time. So maybe consider putting on a planted container would be nice. You'll get lovely planted containers at the moment with um, spring flowering bulbs. Some of the plants I mentioned earlier, like the ranunculus and the winter flowering or the spring flowering pansies and violas, um, a nice container like that will give colour for several weeks mm. and then can be replanted with some, some summer bedding plants and I'd probably go for that option, really. Grant. Uh, a couple of questions on tomato plants. Um, so Patrick is wondering, how do we prevent them from going leggy? And also, um, somebody else wondering, uh, when do they plant them out into their glass house? They're doing when, well on the windowsill at the moment. Well, if they're doing well on the windowsill, leave them leave there at the moment are. because the frost, frost, they are frost sensitive to tomatoes will be affected by, by frost. So leave them where they are at the moment. You don't pinch back tomatoes you allow them to grow on as so get a couple of small bamboo canes and put them in on on the uh, sides of the pot um a really nice variety actually that I came across last year is a variety called sweet aperitif Ooh. right so look for that variety because it's particularly nice it produces up to 500 fruit per plant wow they're small cherry like 
but they're highly, they're sweet. absolutely sweet, oh, really, yeah. really sweet, with with a kind of a nice um, acidity as well. So mm. they're tarty but still sweet at the t- same time. It's a really nice variety, sweet aperitif. Um, so that's one to look out for. Um, another good one that that I generally plant is one called Sun Baby, which is a yellow skinned variety which is quite nice as well but look out for that one sweet aperitif it's available in garden centres at the moment to keep them from getting leggy the trick is not to overwash them to keep them quite dry so if you want to control the growth of plants one of the ways is just to hold back on the watering I'm not saying wait to them to keel over but don't keep them moist all the time allow the surface of the compost to dry and so depending on the room you've got it in obviously if there's a lot of central heating it's going to dry out quicker but keep them slightly on the dry side and that holds back the vigour and the other thing is to give them maximum light so pick a south facing windowsill keep them there Um, I wouldn't be putting them out into the greenhouse certainly for another two to three weeks until about the first week of April and even then you need to keep an eye out for frosty nights and just cover the plants. Lovely. Now, white hydrangeas, about two years old. It flowers, but the flowers go brown as soon as they open, says Matt. Well, that can be a, a staining of the flowers on on hydrangeas. Now, you will find if you feed them with a high potash feed, like a rose feed or the colour boost, it hence helps to counteract that. So, I would be getting that feed on them now. Even a bit of sulphate of potash on its own will help to strengthen the flower and stop that brown staining coming into the into the bloom. Um, early variety of carrots uh, a listener would like some for their tunnel uh, for right. an early supply any ideas please? Yeah well a, a good variety is one called early nantes and as the name suggests it's a really early um, variety it's, a, it's a particularly suitable for picking as a small if you want to pick them as baby carrots so perfect for a Ooh. tunnel where you don't want to be you don't want them in the tunnel for the whole summer yeah. long. So the seeds can be sown out. It's a bit early to sow the seed out of doors. Carrots are sensitive to to uh, temperatures, but certainly in a tunnel or a greenhouse, you could certainly start them off now. I find if you use a bit of potting compost to in the drill when you're sowing the, the seed, you tend to get a far more effective germination. They tend to germinate all as one. So when you open the drill fill it with ordinary potting compost sow the carrot seed nice and thinly and backfill with some compost water it well and you'll find they'll germinate uh, very uh, consistent germination rather rather than this erratic germination that you tend to get when it's just put into soil on its own so look out for that variety early nantes very suitable for growing in a tunnel great a couple of pruning questions um when to prune pear trees, apple trees and blackcurrants? Well, now is the time, as I mentioned earlier, look, at you need to get them cut back now. Really what you're looking for is to shorten back any of the whippy growth it made last summer. So all that tall extension growth that's on the top of the tree, that should be shortened back by two thirds. Watch that you're not pruning away any flower buds and you'll know those because they tend to be fat and round and they tend to be lower down on the tree on, on um, two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old wood. So really just short back, shorten back the whippy growth any damaged or diseased branches any branches that are badly placed that might be crossing or rubbing against one another take those out but now is the time really to trim them and like I say when you prune them you feed them at the same time so get on the colour boost again and just give them a a quick feed Okay, great Um, a a listener has a new house Uh, they have sown daffodils some of them are flowering others are not Okay, Uh, this is the third year running that this has happened what to do with them? Well, there's, 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 there's two reasons why daffodils don't flower. And one is typically if people cut them back too early um, after flowering. So they normally need six weeks after flowering to die back properly. And I often recommend that you feed them when they go out of flower to build them up for the following year. Now, obviously, in this case, I'm taking that they're treating all the daffodils in the same way. So they're not, obviously, there's some flowering and, and some not. Mm. Daffodils can also suffer from a virus that, that turns them blind. 
that stops them from producing a flower bud. Oh. So if after three years they haven't bloomed, I would replace them to be honest, lift them now and replace them next autumn with some. Either divide some of the clumps that you've got and the time to divide daffodils is after flowering. Um, So all bulbs like snowdrops, daffodils, bluebells, the best time to divide them is in the green, as we say. So when the flower goes off them, it's a good time to dig them up, split them and spread them to other areas of the garden. So the flowering varieties, maybe consider splitting those and putting them in where the the, um, virus-affected varieties are. Okay. But after three years, if they haven't bloomed and if you're not cutting them back early and you've treated them the same as the others, it's time to replace them. Okay. And finally, I know we started with this a little bit, but just to remind people again, and somebody else is wondering, ideas for small indoor plants for Flowers Day or for Mother's Day. For rather. Mother's Day. Yeah, well, for fl- indoor. flowers. Well, I think I think the uh, the flowering hydrangea, which is just bloom, blooming at the moment, is absolutely lovely. It's only about, I suppose, a foot or 15 inches in height, but there must be six or seven big blooms of flower on it. The orchid, the phalaenopsis, is really nice as well. It's very comfortable the moth orchid think of that it's in flower at the moment it's very attractive and very easy to grow the peace lily there's another lovely plant called anthurium or painter's palette which has got a bright vivid red brack on it uh, it's in flower at the moment a very stunning plant and looks really well at the moment but there's look at there's lots of house plants okay. drop into your local garden centre and remember a living plant It'll, it'll be in flower this time, time next, next year, year as well. Okay, well, in advance of uh, tomorrow, to all the mammies everywhere, happy, happy Mother's Day. And uh, to everybody in advance of Tuesday as well, uh, Lo Felaporic. That's it. We are back next Saturday. Until then, have yourselves a wonderful weekend. And can I just wish everybody involved in Roscommon Drama Festival the very best of luck. Final night tonight. It's been a brilliant week. Uh, until Saturday next, good morning to you.